Hello and welcome to the Animation Communication Podcast, your source for discussion about animation, film, fandom, and more. So please join your host, I Love Kim Possible a Lot, or KP, and Lauren Kizich, the Abbey Roadie, for today's discussion. If you like what you hear, please remember to support by giving a like, a follow, as well as subscribing to the main I Love Kim Possible a Lot channel on YouTube. Spread the word and keep being a part of a great community. This episode contains some mild adult language. Hi everyone, welcome to this episode of Animation Communication with people we know anyway, because it's one of those weeks. Um, <laughs> so I'm KP, as usual, um, I, don't, I don't know. And I'm Lauren. <laughs> and Lauren is not KP, and this is video editing, um, <laughs> basics of video editing. So joining us... Um, for this episode is um, the boys, um, two of our Team KP editors, uh, to talk about video editing. So, so why don't you guys introduce yourselves to people who don't know who you are? Um, I guess Ola can go first. Hello, my name is Ola. As KP said, I have been on this podcast before, so obviously you all know me. I am the head editor of Team KP, and what I do is I edit stuff. That's me. That's my whole personality. And you're really good at art, right? <laughs> oh, yes, I'm great at art. I'm the greatest artist. It says so in my Twitter bio, so it must be true. <laughs> that is how it's chosen. So Ola also does things like if there's any editors that need help or don't know how to do things, he helps them uh, work through it and basically make sure things are not on fire because... Um, in case you haven't noticed, um, I have a lot of mental health limitations, so I'm like, Ola, I'm broken, run the team, I'm gonna go hide under my bed. And he's like, okay, same old, same old, so that's kind of our relationship. Um, or I say that's what she, she said joke, and then Ola's like, god damn it, like, so, anyway. And I'm like, that <laughs> makes sense. Mm-hmm. That's another one of Ola's catch catchphrases, he's like, that's... that's and you're, where, where are you from, Ola? Because people might pick up your accent and not know where you're from. What do you mean? I am American. I speak <laughs> perfect American. No, I'm from Norway. <laughs> and uh, so is Sander. We're both Norwegians. Hi. We're taking We're over both... Team KP. Yes, slowly and slowly the Vikings are taking over. Okay, Sander, <laughs> tell everyone who you are. Yes, hi, my name is Sander and I am an editor for Team KP. Uh, I I guess sl I've slowly become a uh, audio person. That's so so that's my main thing, I guess. But I also sometimes sometimes I do normal KP videos sometimes, but it it, it tends to usually be podcast editing and uh, just general audio help. Well, you had I an guess. internship the whole summer, so you couldn't do regular videos. Yeah, like that's I not was my very fault. busy this summer. <laughs> no, no, I know. Sander but, and Ola, uh, how long have you been on the team? For a one and a half year, or over one and a half year, I think, at this point. 1.5 year, year. <laughs> no, Ola's been 1.6 and prologue chapter final. Because <laughs> <laughs> he likes the Kingdom Hearts. Funny joke. 
for Nidrok. <laughs> and I've been on the team for uh, I don't know. Go go look up when the Princess Bride video came up and add a couple of months. For about a year <laughs> and like two months, I I think. Yeah, that sounds about right. And why don't you talk about because this is um how Sander got on the team because I think that's interest like kind of sort of interesting a little bit. I forced okay. him. So Ola <laughs> and Sander were friends basis. in real life, and then Ola's like, so we hired through Indeed, but before that, I didn't know what I was doing, so we're not hiring through the, the YouTube channel anymore, because that's just, like, it's just bad PR, too, because, um, like, in general, the team rotates, because this is, you know, this is non-profit, this is volunteer, so a lot of times people get, like, full-time jobs. Um, a lot of the cases, um, people are in college, and then they get a full-time job, and they're just like, well, guess I'll die. So, but anyway, now COVID and it's so overcomplicated. Anyway, so um, I would used to hire people via the YouTube channel and be like, hey, we're hiring. But after like five of those, people are like, is she like Sweeney Todd and like killing all the editors and getting new editors? And I'm like, no, that's <laughs> not how that works. So, but. Um, Keep it just the murder. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's, that's what I need. Add that to my list of um, imaginary <laughs> crimes kill puppies, murderer, you know, it's, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Violate some Geneva Conventions, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Commit war crimes. Commit war crimes. Oh no, you guys caught me. Um, so, so Ola was like, so I usually ask people internally because um, a lot of people join the team to have access to other creative people. Well, one of the reasons so I'm like, hey, does anyone know any editors before we put out an, an ad? And then Ola's like, I know this guy who's really good. And I'm like, sounds cool. So um, that's basically how that worked. So, But that, yeah. that really happens. Because usually people don't yeah. know other people. So that's, that's why they joined the <laughs> team in the first place. Usually, editors don't have friends. Yeah. That's a fact. <laughs> KP was just like, is he any good? And I was like, I, I personally think he's better than me. But that's actually what I said. I don't think oh, I've actually told you that, Sandra, but I, that's what I said to KP when she asked. It's confession time. And, it's confession. <laughs> and, then, and then he's like, oh, well, I was a pretty good editor anyway. So I'm like, oh, now I'm interested. So, hey. yay. So that's, that's, that's our thing. Um, okay, we'll get back to the news. Anyway, so um, should we do the good news or the bad news first, Lauren? Uh, I feel like maybe maybe let's just get the bad news done and over with, and and you know, and then we can then we can you know ease everything down uh, up with uh, with. Okay, news. go ahead. Tell, ruin everyone's so, day. So I guess. <laughs> okay, so I'm about to ruin everybody's day, but hopefully save it by the end. Anyway, <laughs> so um, as as of recording this, it's only been about. 48 hours uh, since uh, Chadwick Boseman passed away from colon cancer at age 43. And as we have all come to learn in that time is that he was silently fighting this cancer and he was diagnosed in 2016. And even in that, in the meantime, while battling this cancer, which he only his like immediate family knew, uh, knew about and maybe the, the companies he worked with for movies is that he still went out and produced full-on action movies and took on all of these roles that like really became staples in his career i mean he did civil civil war he did black panther he did avengers endgame all of that stuff he did and 
it just had no idea. And he was even doing other movies on top of that, and nobody knew. Um, but his health was in major decline within the, the past couple months, and uh, and just nobody knew if it, if he was you know if he was uh, losing weight for a role or if he was you know nobody knew. But I guess it's because he didn't want anybody knowing about his battle. So yeah. Um, but yeah, I so just wanted to say that, a thing. That, so that kind of just came as a sucker punch. To I just want to say a thing like, um, you know, every like if you have a bad disease, whether it be cancer or cancer or so be it, don't feel like you're pressured to work through it and make all these movies because he made all these movies on top of dealing with, um, I assume, chemo and all that stuff. So everyone's individual battle with whatever they're working with is different. So I just wanted to get that out there, too, because I don't want people who are going through that. I mean, you know, I don't think that would happen. But just God forbid, I'm just saying it. So, like, you don't, like, you know, just because he was, he pushed himself and was able to do this stuff. And it's amazing. But, you know, everyone has a different way of getting through whatever they're getting through. So, like, some people can't just go yeah. shoot out movies or, like, they're physically not able to. So, you know. But I, I am surprised he wasn't he yeah. wasn't like a little bit more public about it. I assume he didn't want to scare people because like Black Panther as a movie yeah. was so influential to a lot of um people. So I don't know, it just it just sucks. Yeah. Thanks twenty twenty. And plus I think again it's yeah, I think it's just it's again, it's also he kinda wanted to keep it private because it's something where it's uh, like he didn't want that to be part of his legacy. I guess it's just people knowing he was sick and treating him differently because of it. Hopefully, at this point, um, you're not hearing that. That's not the thing. Like, you're not first hearing it from us because it's been all over Twitter because it's been a surprise, sad thing. Um, and I hope you heard about it beforehand, but it sucks. And yeah, it was such yeah, a I mean, strong it, actor, yeah. like going through yeah. all this. And I actually saw this picture where he actually visited a little girl. Um, in the hospital while she was dealing with cancer, while he was secretly mm -hmm. dealing with cancer as well. Like, that's a... He was yeah. a great person. Yeah, and I was I was <laughs> going to mention that because, it, I mean, first of all, it was not on Twitter. I think, like, every single social media platform, it just, like... I scrolled Facebook, like, five posts of the same thing. So I I, th I know, think people do know about it. But yeah, I was going to talk about the same image. I, like... From what I understand, he was a pretty reserved guy, and that's why he didn't really talk about it, because he didn't really have a social media presence. He was very, like... I mean, I understand that, that like, not wanting to, like, put your life on display. Like, not everybody wants that. Um, but yeah, that picture, and there's other, like, stories of him, like, visiting uh, uh, cancer patients and stuff. So, uh, he seemed like... Yeah. A, and it, he also is was an incredible actor. He's probably one of my favorite parts of Black Panther. Uh, that his his role and his acting in that movie is pretty pretty stand out. So. Yeah, it's it's sad. Yeah. So um, of this recording, we don't know how they're gonna handle it on a business um, platform. But it's been so fresh that like if you're worrying about that right now, then like maybe you might be an Thank asshole. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> Um, Maybe fuck you. Yeah. Oh no, I won't get my Black Panther 2 movie now. It's like time and place to worry about that right now. Yeah. It's like the, is, is a time to grieve. And when people, like, I get when some people were worried about, like, his legacy. 
thing like you know how who's going to continue it and or who's going to preserve it where does it lead are they going to continue with black panther uh in terms of the films so but but when people were like where's my black panther 2 like no this isn't the this isn't the time to discuss any of that this is a time to mourn and a time to grieve and a time to just be able to just move through that emotion and and be able to process it it's it's not a time i'm sorry you're so privileged you know whether or not you're getting we're getting a seat i'm sorry you're so privileged that the worst that's the worst possible takeaway you have of someone someone dying is just like oh no i won't get my entertainment i'm just like i mean the the whole point of the podcast entertainment is important but like you know day-to-day basis Okay, like let's stop being mean. Mm-hmm. Um, so Phineas and Ferb <laughs> came out uh, across the sec. No, no, yeah, those are good news. The- this is the good news we promised. <laughs> I was like across the second dimension. Oh wait, that's the that's the old one. Okay, um, Candace yeah, against Candace against the universe. Candace against the universe, which Lauren and I watched together um, the yesterday, but not really because my. Um, my audio broke up, so I was, we were kind of just watching it myself, or ourselves, and then I was just like, hey, Laura, joke, and then she didn't respond, I'm like, oh, I guess my volume's too loud, you, <laughs> but that wasn't, no, you were on mute, I, I gave up after a while, and I'm like, okay, I guess I'll just be on mute, so, like, I'm not annoying her, so, but it was really because my call, call yeah. all, my call audio was was bad, so anyway, but we watched it. Yeah, it kept cutting in and out. So it was it's spoiler free. We we're it. not gonna spoil it for you, but it was I good. Seen it yet. Yeah, I, I that's yes. why we're not spoiling it. <laughs> Thank you, Sander. Because um, as Ola has told me like five or six times, Disney Plus does not come out in Norway for like another two weeks. Please don't spoil Phineas and Ferb. It's the only thing in my life that brings me joy. So. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, no, but I will say, and this is spoiler-free, is that as you watch it, uh, pay attention to Easter eggs, because it's going to be, it's chock full oh, of yeah. them, so you just got to keep your eyes peeled. There's a that. lot, and then there's a lot of um, fun, like, fun jokes, like, Doofenshmirtz is always the best character ever, so, um, you know, <laughs> um, but yeah, I thought it was interesting that they took a concept that was, I mean... I will try to dance around it, but they took a concept that was one of the many recurring ga- gags, and they're just like, ha-ha, it was a character arc the whole time, wah-ha-ha. So I thought that was um, an interesting yeah. way to spin it. So, like, if anything happens, any more Phineas and Ferb stuff happens, which is starting to kind of, like, we're getting, like, chibi shorts and, like, Doofenshmirtz interacting with um, characters that are still on Disney Channel and, you know, like, those kind of things. So, I don't know. Um, I think it's going to depend mm-hmm. on how the movie goes. And then, um, but I wouldn't mind more Phineas and Ferb or, like, Milo's Murphy's Law, which is not as good, but still pretty good. Um, but, but yeah, and then in the midst of that, because I know people will ask me, um, does this mean Kim Possible is going to be rebooted? Because we got, we got the Proud family now. And we got Phineas and Ferb, Ferb, and then um, I think that's it right now. Um, but a lot of different. They're making proud family stuff now. Yeah, like they they're, they they re. Well, well, it's in the in production right yeah, now. Yeah, it's called uh, Proud ha- Proud Family Louder and Prouder, and there's a slight um, uh, uh, character design change. I think there's like it's more lineless, but yeah, they're making like 
mm-hmm. the rebooting Proud Family. I think it's the same. I think it's the same continuity. It's just like a year older or whatever. So they're making new Proud Family stuff. But like, what's the Kim, what's going on with the yeah. Kim Possible movie? Well, or Kim Possible. I'm like, well, what happened is Disney fucked it up, and they made this live action movie that no one liked. Um, and so now, and they made everything. They had like emojis. They had games. They had like shorts that were already pre-made that re- they released on the like on their YouTube or whatever, and they were like a little better, but it was it was bad. Like you can look them up. I think it's like Kim Shushable or something like that, and it's like like this <laughs> a thing where Kim's in a library and they have. They have um, the aliens come, and then, so if you, I don't know if you've ever, for people who don't know, um, so the alien, the, the lower wardians or whatever, so the, the, the aliens in season four, they put them into live action, and it looks like garbage, because it looks like, you know, 50s, like, green people garbage, and I'm just like, <laughs> okay, I guess, I guess this is what we're doing now, but um, I did like that, that structure a little bit better. But anyway, so they made a new. If you want to know what, if you want to know what Kim Possible is up to nowadays, Christy Carlson Romano is doing a cooking show on Fox, so you might as well watch. Yeah, that. she's 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 doing a YouTube show that um, I I guess she's doing. Yeah, she's doing YouTube stuff, and then she's doing like something on Fox, unless they're doing some kind of cross promotion thing. But yeah, I don't know. I, I saw ads for her the other day. It's like her and her. It's like her and uh, her husband both doing a, a cooking show, like saying, "Like you're stuck in, if you're stuck at home, can't travel." Which that's pretty much all of us. Uh, let's just cook, cook dishes based on places we'd like to go, or something like that. It was that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And um, what's the what's the name of of uh, Pat Oswalt's character in Kim Possible again? Dem- Professor Dementor. The mentor, yeah, because uh, if you want more of him, then he has a really good stand-up uh, thing on Netflix called "I Love Everything." Oh, Pat Oswalt, yeah, is, it was actually is, really good. Is, is everywhere, so he's not. He was in the. Yeah, I mean, he was in the horse show too, so it's it's fine. <laughs> I like. It. Yeah. Okay, so um, yeah, my only my only takeaway is just like if we're ever gonna do Kim Possible again, so I guess the reboot isn't gonna work, so they're gonna have to like. Start it from where it was. Like, you know, all I want since I've been 14 is, like, awkward awkward Draken and Shigo dating. Like, that's all I... Like, that's my only requirement if they renew it. So, like, you can't... You can't... You can't get it... Like, you made a canon. You can't uncanon it. I'm gonna come... Or I'm gonna come down to the studio and with, with, the, with, the, with the bat and, like... No, okay. Sorry. It's a, I think it's a really important character concept. So, um... I made a video about it like six months ago. Go watch that. So, but you know that's what my soul would live for. Um, but anyway, and then like new people are like, why are why are Draken and Shigo kissing? Like this is not the Kim Possible. <laughs> I'm just like, well, sucks to be you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He has more game than you, but like. So does so does Doofenshmirtz. So you know, like I I wanted to make a tweet that it's like you know your life sad is if Doofenshmirtz is goofy you're getting more tail than you are. So don't pull me out like this. <laughs> so uh. anyway, 
so um let's get to the actual topic of the ep- wait are there let me check if there's any more news oh wait there's no more news sorry uh well it's very very short uh so there's a haunted mansion remake that's oh, yeah. that's in production and originally it was supposed to be something where it was supposed to be i guess guillermo del toro was supposed to be at the helm of it so we could have had something but they just announced that the director from Ghostbusters 2016 oh, God. Oh, Jesus Christ. is on the project. Oh, no. Oh, and no. so I'm like, uh, let's, uh, uh, let's just see. What could possibly go it's wrong? Not... <laughs> what could possibly When the movie comes out, it's not going to be a question about which of the Haunted Mansion movies is better. It's going to be a question which one of them is worse. <laughs> <laughs> because yeah. the original one is already horrible. I mean, it's like kind of so, campy yeah. horrible though. So, um like you know, I can still actually sit and enjoy the the Haunted Mansion with Eddie Murphy because yeah, it is funny. It's kind of like um where so many people were like so upset about the Grinch with Jim Carrey, but meanwhile, Jim Carrey as the Grinch, I mean, I, it's I, like it's it's hard I love that to movie, pa- surpass his performance because it's yeah, I'm like so. I genuinely I I genuinely enjoy it because it's a different take on the story and a, a, and actually his interpretation of the Grinch was something I had always imagined of the Grinch, you know, him being uh, unabashedly gross and grumpy and just a, and a recluse unless he wants to go and mess with the who's and stuff like that. So, I mean, it's like, yeah, that's what I am. That's what I envision. So I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it's but always anyway, like, uh, you know, same thing about the Haunted Mansion. It was it's fun. like, it's just, you know, it's go ahead, Lauren. No, no, no. Okay, my my point being, like, everyone hates the, or not a lot of people, people nostalgically enjoy the 2000 Grinch movie, and then we're like, how can this possibly get worse? And then we get the Illumination um, Grinch, which uh, visually is is beautiful, but the Grinch Mm -hmm. is arguably out of character, you know, Um, so. You had Benedict Cumberbatch on your cast. You could have had him sound like Boris Karloff. You could have had it all, but you made him have an American accent and sound nothing like himself. Like, <laughs> you can sell, it's so easy to sell Benedict Cumberbatch. I mean, everything Illumination does, it's just like cheap. Like, it looks clean and good, but like if you watch the movie more than once, like there's nothing in the backgrounds of any of their movies. And it's just like star actors with names, so you can be like, oh, Benedict Cumberbatch is this character. Oh, this. And then kids are like, oh, I know Benedict Cumberbatch. There's memes on the internet, and then we watch the movie, and it's like. Oh. I mean, Illumination's <laughs> actual like um, um, what, what Illumination strives for is to create as cheap as possible animation that still like can pass off as like good. Uh, that's actually like what Illumina- Illumination was created for was to try to make mm-hmm. really cheap animation that could pass off as expensive animation. Life goals. Yeah. Um. But uh, there was some hey there was some uh, some years ago I might be I might be confusing something here but there was something about people being underpaid and understaffed. That was for I think that was for sausage sausage party. Yeah yeah no well, this is something else oh, other than okay. that because that their their people didn't didn't get credited like they spent years on animation and just like never showed up in the credits. Rip. So. Um, but. Yeah, anyway, um, so well, I guess we'll just see what happens, but um, I assume Disney's gunning for a Haunted Mansion franchise that is, like, 
the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise, but I feel like that was like catching lightning in a bottle. So we'll mm-hmm. see, you know, what happens. I think an animated Haunted Mansion movie is the way to go, but like, don't listen to me. We almost had an animated series. Yeah, for there was there was pitches like you can Google them if you want for like really pretty like aesthetically designed. There's test yeah. footage and everything too. It was I'm like, oh my god! But now we have the the Hotel Transylvania TV show that no one watches instead. Yay! <laughs> I didn't even know that is was that, a, is thing. That a thing. I didn't know that was a thing. Exactly. Exactly. Oh my god! <laughs> I haven't heard of. I've never. I haven't even like seen like nothing. About it, and I'm usually up on like strange things nobody watches. Right? Yeah, I mean, I I think I've watched a little bit, but all the voice actors are changed, obviously, and I think it's before like the first movie, and I don't know if like the continuity is even lines up. So like, I don't know. I haven't watched it, so like maybe I'm just throwing hate. Well, yeah, maybe I I don't know, but like at the very least, not a lot of people know about it or know it's a thing. So that's a little bit telling. Um, yeah, and we'll we'll talk about Owl House next week. Please, please don't send us emails. I haven't seen it yet and stuff. But the season finale just came out uh, a couple days ago. So. Hmm. Okay. Are we okay? We're good. And anyway, to the topic at hand. <laughs> to, the, to, to the actual thing we're talking about now. Okay. So here we're we're here to talk about editing. <laughs> Okay, so um, the first question is, um, I guess we'll go Olaf and, and Sander, is uh, what inspired you to learn how to do video editing in general? Uh, I think I told this story last time I was on the podcast, but it was just uh, mostly uh, in middle school, I got into photography. Uh, and then in our photography class, we got like an assignment to make uh, a, a type of like short film thing. Um, and uh, that made me realize that I was more interested in making uh, uh, short films and stuff than I was interested in uh, doing photography. And that just naturally led into me being interested in doing uh, video editing and obviously also watching a lot of uh, YouTubers and stuff uh, made me be like, oh, I want to be like them. So I just started practicing in like several video editing softwares and I've been like moving uh, up in the world with editing softwares, like it starts with Movie Maker and then like move up to more complicated. What is when? Uh, what is Movie software. Maker? Movie Maker is uh, the most basic editing software you can get no. out there. No, I move. Uh, uh, movie Maker, yeah, I heard iMovie. I don't know why I heard iMovie. I, iMovie is better than Movie Maker. Yeah. Uh, but iMovie is pretty much the Mac equivalent to Movie Maker, but it does yeah. have more options yeah. than Movie Maker. Movie Maker is pretty much the, the most basic editing software you can get, but it's free uh, and it's for Windows. Um, and that's how I started with, with Movie Maker. Okay, and, and why is Movie Maker so simplistic? I think it actually is simplistic, first of all, because it's free. But second of all, I think it's like baby's first editing software. The, the thing about Movie Maker is that one, it doesn't exist anymore. Technically, you can get, still get it, but it's not officially supported by Microsoft anymore. Uh, mm. There's something like a movie editor, a video editor built into Windows 10 now. Uh, but the thing about Movie Maker is that it was made for everybody to just pick it up, put like, pens- like clips from their holidays, and like maybe add some images from a holiday, and like click save and just save it as a video without having to like exp- any- don't know anything about encoding or exporting or 
or or uh, bitrate or anything. Just like throw it in, get something that they can like burn to a DVD and put on that like birthday. So like oh, with me- like memorize about things that happened. So and that's it, mm, basically. So it it or only make had really shitty YouTube videos. <laughs> yeah. So um, uh, I think so. It has two. Um, two timelines, like one for the music and one for the the, the pictures or whatever. Yeah, one yeah. audio track. Okay, so how editing works is so what basically what happens is there's different like Photoshop, there's different layers, um, and then you just kind of stack everything on top of each other. So for our videos, what we do is it it's my audio usually. Well, do you guys put the background music as the first layer, or do you have like my audio? I guess. Um, uh, I have your audio I mean, just, as the first layer, you, and then I put the background music yeah, under I mean, there. Yeah, you mentioned um, Photoshop, and and we talked about how Ola got into video editing, but you didn't mention me. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, because I, I started do, doing Photoshop uh, as like a class thing outside of school, because uh, I wanted to. It was called uh, Photo Manipulation and Animation. Uh mm. So it was Photoshop and using a program from called Sam Animation to like do, Im- like take images of something and like make stop stop motion animation with like paper and stuff. Um, and we we used this is like a long time ago, so probably I don't know. But we used photo add Photoshop CS three. Oh, so uh, oh wow, that's a yeah. long time ago. That's a lot. I I I started learning Photoshop really early. But that Sam animation thing really interested me because there was some light video editing in it, and we also used Movie Maker to just like put like an intro into it and like maybe like cut like between maybe several like angles and stuff. Um, and that kind of got me into it. And then of course, same thing as Ola, like YouTube was a really big contributor to just like wanting to learn. And then, uh, well, what what is in the region tenth grade, which is like the end of before you go into high school, uh. I, I did um as like a just one class we could choose what we wanted to do and I I did what was called media and uh, information and uh, we were going to make like a the final project was like we could make like a review of something or like a I- interview or like something something like semi journalistic and we had to edit it in iMovie but I refused <laughs> so I uh, I didn't refuse but I I felt like I didn't have enough control with iMovie um. So I, uh, I uh, very legally acquired a copy of Premiere Pro. Then I, uh, over the course of about two weeks, I, I forced myself to learn uh, Premiere Pro. And I edited mm. it in Premiere Pro. Well, uh, uh, can I just really quickly say, um, it's a really short, funny story about how I got into Photoshop specifically. Okay. Because, like, um, in middle school, I w- made this really shitty YouTube video. So uh, I needed thumbnails for them. But I didn't have enough money to get Photoshop, so I f- got this thing called Paint.net. Not not regular Paint. Oh, it's called Paint.net. I had Paint.net too. Yeah. I used that too. Yeah. And it was free, and I heard everyone say it's basically like Photoshop but free. It, so I got it. it. Was uh, and um, it is definitely not very close to the complicated things you can do in Photoshop. But uh, it's no. a if you want to learn how to do Photoshop, Paint.net is a good like uh, free alternative. Alternative. If you like, just want to get used to it, because I noticed that when I moved on to Photoshop in high school, there was a lot of stuff in Paint.net that uh, also was in Photoshop. So like, I already yeah. sort of could do a few things, even though Photoshop can obviously do a lot more than Paint.net. 
but like yeah, I made really I shitty thumbnailpaint.net, so yeah, Photoshop is definitely better. But it's a good thing to begin with if you want to do yeah. photo editing. And if you want something a bit newer, because I don't know, paint.net hasn't been updated in like ten years. There's a program called GIMP, which is incredibly competent. Uh, it still lacks some of the more pro functions, like it, the content-aware fill isn't as good. But if you just want to get into Photoshop, and which I, I highly recommend if you're doing YouTube and video editing, I think you do definitely need to know Photoshop. And also, if you understand Photoshop and layers and stuff, you have a basic understanding of kind of editing video too. Uh, GIMP is a good starting point. Okay. Um. Random question. How did how did you guys meet each other? Uh. Oh, that's actually kind of a funny story. I, I yeah, think. that is. Uh. So me and Sandra went to the same high school, and like we both, I think, had seen each other in like the hallways and stuff, but we never talked to each other because like he's a year younger than me. Um. And then um we both um uh as like um started working for this like youth contest thingy in Norway uh, and before that youth contest uh <laughs> we also went to a workshop together uh to make a short film it's not a very good short film i think it has pretty good like production value for the budget we had of like ten dollars um, it was forty dollars about <laughs> but yeah. we, we spent all the money i think I think half of the money went for a second battery to my camera, and the <laughs> rest of it went to like a glass thing that we broke for a scene. And was oh no, we didn't even pay for that. Like I got that for no, free we didn't from pay my for dad. That. Like, we, got it, we got it for free, right, right? But I actually think the movie or the film, short film, looks really good for the the production value we actually had. Um, and time. Yeah. Because I, it was written by me, and I, and I don't write scripts. I've written two scripts in my entire life, and that was the first one. The and story it, it would have been like... pretty decent, but we had like a time limit. We could not go any seconds at all over five minutes, and that was including the credits. So we had to cut out a lot of stuff, and uh, and we we were so angry about that because we knew like if we only had like two more minutes, we could yeah, make like a, a pretty... new scene. Yeah, we could and have we, like a pretty decent, everything. yeah, pretty decent film. And it also annoyed us when we found out that other people in the contest had like seven minute long films and were just like, we were told we were not allowed to have more than five minutes. Anyway, we're getting off track. <laughs> Me and Sandra met through uh, through that uh, film making workshop and then we worked together on that youth contest thing and we worked together on that many times. And that just led to us talking to each other more often because we both like recognized each other when we went to the workshop because we were just like, oh yeah, you go to the same... School at school as me, yeah, and we also had pretty. There was another guy who also went to the same school, but you and me had a lot of the same interest in like video games and and TV and stuff. So I like how you guys were like slowly forced to talk to each other. I'm like, I guess we can talk to each other because we have a we 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 have a lot <laughs> of the same. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's yeah that's that's about right. Talking is hard for editors. Um, that's the moral of the podcast. Anyway, yeah. um, so what is the next question? I, I'd say, okay, go ahead. I guess to go back into the process, and you can kind of discuss the tools that are needed to make it to kind of start, uh, but what are your chosen tools of the trade? Um, I mean, um, I, I am because of, uh, uh, what, 
I, I, I personally really, I mean, like most people who edit videos on YouTube, except for like a couple of, like, yeah, I, I prefer Premiere Pro, uh, mm. though there are definite limitations and problems with it. But there's problems with every single editing tool, and I, and that, I think that's the most important thing when if you want to get into editing is that you need to kind of like some pro- programs are good to like if you know one program you, there's certain programs like Premiere Pro if you learn Premiere Pro you can pretty easily adapt to a lot of other editing softwares like there's mm-hmm. one called Avid which is like the professional one where like movies and TV shows usually get edited in Avid um and and then you have like uh uh a new program called DaVinci Resolve which used to be only a color grading program uh but it's now a editing software and it's free and it's amazing but it's a bit more complicated um but uh that is usually color graded you there's ways of doing stuff but like the big ones on YouTube at least is Premiere Pro uh Sony Vegas and uh, Final Cut, uh, and of the of those three, uh, Premiere and Final Cut is the more professional ones. Where Sony <laughs> Vegas, we're, no, no, but no, I was Sony just like, Ve- we're about to start a war in the comments about all those people that swear by that Sony Vegas is the best one. No, but like Sony Vegas is great for YouTube videos and that kind of content. But if you want to do anything more, let's call it sophisticated, <laughs> uh, more like normal television with video files and color grading and and more detailed work, you you can't, you don't have the same control because Sony Vegas is basically a stripped down version of Premiere Pro and a stripped down version of a program called After Effects. And After Effects, just, I'm not going to go into it, but After Effects is pretty much like an effects tool. So really, what's After com- Effects com- is an effects tool. Yeah, but but it's it's <laughs> called comp- compositioning. So basically, like in a movie, if you see like something, no, actually, here's a good example. You know, in TV shows when there's like pixelated faces to like hide people's identity, that's usually mm-hmm. done in After Effects because you can choose points to track in video and like follow that tracking. That's done in After Effects. You can do similar kind of stuff in in Sony Vegas, but it's very stripped down. So it's a stripped down version of Premiere Pro and After Effects just mashed together, basically. Um, yeah, I think Olaj, your answer the same. Do you like do you like Premiere uh, Pro? Yeah, I I personally prefer uh, Premiere Pro. Yeah, and obviously I also work a little bit in After Effects. I am uh, definitely uh, I feel like I'm really really good at uh, Premiere, <laughs> but I um. Uh, and I feel like I'm decent at After Effects. I can obviously improve, and I highly doubt I'm as good as Sander in After Effects. Uh, and um, <laughs> and I'm definitely not as good as Sander in Audition. I don't think I will reach that ever. Well, I but, just wanted to um, make a comment that like one of the reasons Sander is so good at um, audio editing and he helps run some of the social stuff for the podcast itself is his his dad is an audio engineer, so like that helps a little bit. <laughs> I mean, he has. He, uh, yeah, kind of. I I guess. I mean, he, he's not in the same kind of field that this is. He does like live. But still, stuff like where, it's in where... your blood. <laughs> yeah, I can ask stuff, and I there's uh, I think one of the first images of me wearing like anything on my head like wasn't like a a cap 
or like a ho- like a hoodie or anything. I think the first one of the earliest images of me is with like a headset on. So, <laughs> yeah, it's like massive like just head, little like, baby headsets. Sander with the giant desk. Can we get can we get yeah. pictures of that? <laughs> I can see if I. Yeah, I can get that image. Yeah. Okay, and then Ola, you gotta you gotta Photoshop him to have sunglasses on. <laughs> Will do, boss. <laughs> oh yeah, and what was the color grading uh, software you mentioned, Xander? Okay, it's called DaVinci Resolve, and it's by a company called Black Magic Video. Um, they specialize very much in like budget but really good camera equipment and software. Uh, so they they have like this cam. In like the vid- vid- videography world, uh, like low budget vid- videography world, they made a camera a couple of years ago called the. It's, it's a complicated name, but it's called the Black Magic Cinema Pocket 4K, and they made a 6K version last year. And they're like, the 4K one costs like, uh, I think it's like around thousand uh, dollars, a bit under. It's like nine nine hundred or so dollars. Isn't that? Isn't it like a? Is it a permanent uh, buy then? <laughs> well, I mean, the thing is, it's 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 a it's a, it's like a thick thick DSLR camera. But it's, it doesn't do photo, like the photos suck on it. But it does like what's called raw audio. And if you're familiar with photo, uh, like taking photos, it's basically the same thing as like raw vi- files, meaning that there's a lot of information in the video. And it's really like, inexpensive for what you get. And it's like they, they do like, for example, um, me and Ola, we did like this the, like, thing we met at, which is like a contest thing. And then we did live video feeding where, where we and I had like four or five cameras out on a like uh on a filming as filming a um a scene like uh people singing and dancing and filming and a scene at the same and, time yeah yeah filming a scene yeah and and all those videos all um all those um video files went into like mixer a video mixer and the one we used at the place was a black magic one because they're really good at like those those low budget things at like lower budget but still really high quality stuff and uh, DaVinci Resolve is one of them it used to be just color grading but they I think like two years ago um, or three years ago it got really good like last year uh, and it's 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 very different to add any, like in editing from a lot of other programs it's very it takes a bit getting used to if you use other programs but if you never used a new program before I, I would recommend like DaVinci Resolve as like a not an introduction, but I guess it's a good free software to know because the industry is really starting to pick to pick it up. Um, like, um, yeah. I was gonna say, can you also define color grading? Okay, I can define color grading. Um, so color gra- like when you film something with a video camera, um, you you can. So let's say here's a good example, actually. You know in movies when they're in Mexico and everything is just orange? That is color grading. That's going in after the fact. Like after the film and adding, changing, like usually changing and manipulating the colors. Um, so when a like high budget movie is filmed, uh, they film in what's called a, a log format, which is like a logarithmic, it's called logarith- log- logarithmic filming, which if you've ever seen behind the scenes of like movie sets, like the footage from like behind the scenes stuff where you're filming with the camera, it looks really like lacking in color. 
just because mm-hmm. that gives them higher dynamic range. So the the darker areas has a lot more detail, and the lighter areas has a lot more detail than if they were to like have all the color at once. But they usually go in after effect and adds and boosts colors and things. So they keep the detail and they keep all the nice stuff, but then they just add what they want. So I think a good example yeah, is of course when like in in when they're in movies and they're in Mexico is usually like this horrible <laughs> orange tint over it, <laughs> or like in um, in in um, in Lord Lord of the Rings when they're in like the night scene with the elves. It's very like blue, purpley, very like. It feels very like dreamy, and that's because it's color graded. Mm-hmm. Both, of course, lighted that way, like with actual lights. But it's also gone in in color grading and like really brought that feel to it. And you usually uh, you have like locations that are usually color graded the same way, so like, or like sometimes they change it. Like so, but yeah, color grading is that is the act of going in after in post production, which is when you add it and just adding. A feel to a scene with colors, basically. Yeah, so, yeah. like, the other examples I were going to list are, like, if you're doing anything film noir, which is very, um, it's, like, the detective, like, black and white, or, like, very saturated, and, or unsaturated, and, like, think, like, Chinatown, and, like, Roger Rabbit is technically a parody of uh, film noir, where it, you come in, and, like, it's, like, she came into my office, and she, you know, looking sad, and, like, a lot of, like, angles where the uh, the faces are hidden by the props. So that, and then... Blade Runner. Yeah, Blade Runner. Oh, Mad Max is, uses tons of it. Um, and yeah. then, um, sad example, but I'll mention it because it's very obvious. Uh, so Schindler's List is um, shot in black and white, but there's one scene where um, there's a girl in a red coat, and it's, like, masked out, essentially. So she's the only thing that has color in the whole movie. Yeah, yeah, I know yeah. things too. If there's, uh, if there's one thing I know that I should really improve on and look, I've actually been planning to look more into it because I really should. It is color grading. Like, I know the basics, but I'm not the greatest at it, so I should really like improve on that because that's a like, really important skill to have if you really want to like edit in the industry in the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, you you're going to need a paracetamol because you will get a headache from learning about color edit, like color grading. It's very technical. Yeah, I, I, I really need to like look more uh, into that. Uh, it, I mean, <laughs> many people probably think it's just like, oh, just throw on a filter. And some movies oh, do I that, but it's... So, some movies do that, but that looks horrible. Just look at Power Rangers. They just throw a filter on uh, when they try to call it great, and it looks like garbage. Or like twilight where they just they forget to color grade they just like boost the contrast of like the flat colored image and it's just like it's just contrast and nothing else yeah a tip if you're ever going to try to color grade something try to actually like look up tutorials and 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 practice it don't just like put a filter on or boost the contrast that's not gonna look good at all i'm talking from experience of making really bad color grading in middle school me too, like, the, um, the biggest thing, and I'm looking back at, like, some project I did just, like, two years ago, and I'm, I notice it now, and it's so annoying, and that's, le- you, you're always going to think you want something. Like, when you're done, you think you're done color, gra- color, color grading, just, just t- 
style it back a bit. Like always style it back a bit because less is more. You you will always when you start learning color grading and start color grading, you will always just do too much. Don't uh, make color. Mexico too orange. Just a no. tiny bit of orange is okay. You don't want to do, become an actual orange. Then you've gone too far. <laughs> I think of like like another bad example of like it's well it's again probably technologically speaking at the time it was like one of those like when, when you look watch old films and when they're like trying to shoot a scene and it's supposed to be at night but they clearly shot it in the day and oh, then they yeah. just like color hued and they just shifted oh. the hue like we'll put a cover color overlay yeah. or something over the film to turn it like a bluish color like see now it's night <laughs> yeah that looks awful but what i think looks even worse is when they actually want to make it look like not night exactly but evening because oh yeah night already looks bad when they try when they shoot in the day and try to make it night but like when they try to make it evening they also do like with mexico they make it orange <laughs> and it looks yeah oh it oh it always hurts every time because it's so obvious they shot it in the middle of the day mm. i mean i i uh, my we talked about my summer job earlier uh, and that was I was a practitioner on a film set, on a TV show set, um, and they did actually do night for day for night a couple of times, um, but it's usually the best way to get day for night properly is if you're doing like you're filming inside, because when you're filming inside, you're using filters on the windows anyways, because the yeah. lights coming in will will always be too bright. You will always add what's called ND filters. Uh, on the windows, you add like just like meters upon meters of ND filters, which is usually like the thing you put on the t- on the front of the camera. But it's just like in pay- like in like like we're we're getting a little of off it. topic, so let's um, get it back yeah, to sorry. actually like um, editing. Yeah. So um, yeah. So I'll I guess I'll ask the next question. So for people who aren't paying attention to things, um, the KP videos are technically pretty um, high quality. I would consider. Um, for, especially for YouTubes, we do, we do fancy things and we do a lot of, um, um, well, I'll let you guys describe it. So what's, um, I think the question is, um, why is it video editing important and why is it crucial to make both our content and then like content in general? Like what, what, what is the thing that good video editing can bring to an already good script, if that's what you want to consider? Like I'm trying to give myself a backhanded compliment, but like yeah. you know, you know what it, it is. <laughs> it is very important to make sure that what the editor puts on screen resonates with what uh, the 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 audio is saying. Like when you say something and something comes on screen, it should be timed properly and it should be relevant to what you're saying to like really get the point across. The same is with yeah. footage. Like the footage needs to be. Uh, related so like you need to be aware exactly what uh, what uh, the the person is talking about like when we are editing your videos you often say that we should probably watch the thing that we are editing a video for so we know exactly what you're talking about so we know the context and we can find it and put it in um, and yeah yeah I uh, like a good ed- a a good edit takes a mediocre point and makes it good like really good because you you, you choose footage or clips or and like 
what's called keyframing, which is just moving images a bit on the screen, in a way such so you make a decent point good, and a a good edit also turns a good point into an excellent uh, point, and a good edit turns like maybe capes like in in I'm trying to find an example in my brain right now, but it's really late. Um, in like let's say we're like if we can analyze the character impossible in a video. Uh, choosing the right image, like video for that, is important because yeah, Cape can say as much as he wants about the things she's talking about, but we are using the images and video and audio to prove those points. So it's just not like points without any like context. We're adding context and meaning to the words that are being said. Yeah, a good example of that is, for example, sometimes KP might mention something and um, you can just put the footage on screen while she's talking about it and no audio, but uh, the better way to like really get the point across is that KP uh, might be talking about a specific moment in the show and then when she's done with that you show uh, the specific moment she's talking about with the audio in so like people can actually see and hear and experience that moment for themselves to really like show what she's talking about so they also get like uh, the actual scene with audio on it instead of just like seeing a muted scene with KP talking over it yeah yeah I'll add my two cents in there um, as someone who who has to deal with this on a um, producer standpoint so basically, um, I think I'm very nitpicky about um, just the video process in general because, like, A, that what they were talking about, like, you know, you're writing basically a research paper, but it's in a visual format. So we've been trying to be more careful and more, be more um, observant to put clips that are supporting, like, having clips play that are supporting what I'm saying versus just not having anything like that at all to kind of, like, push whatever... Point I'm making forward, as well as you know, um, having B footage or footage that is going on as I'm talking, so you're seeing footage on screen um, that is very specific to what I'm saying. So a lot of times, like for my, for how I do my own part of the process, is um, I will describe what I um, what I want visually sometimes in my raw audio. So when I'm when I'm recording the script, then I'll say, hey why don't you do this thing here or i'll i work better explaining and talking through things so i usually do that instead of trying to write it in the script so um usually they'll the editors will take that and, and kind of run with it but it's kind of like helping people remember the points better as well as like showing them visually so um yeah as well as it's a rule of show and yeah <laughs> yeah and 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 good editing is yeah. actually really important uh not only in movies and TV shows and stuff, uh, it, it is actually really important in YouTube videos as well. Because as we mentioned, yeah. like we can make uh, a decent point look good or a good point look great. But another thing is we can there can be like really good points in a video. Like some people might write a really good script, some really good like critiques and points. But if the editing is really bad, uh, the video becomes. Um, almost unwatchable. Like it doesn't matter yeah. if the um, if the points are good, if the if the editing looks and sounds bad. Uh, there and, are actually yeah. YouTube videos I've seen where people have actually come up with some really 
good criticism, but the editing is just so bad that no one can take it seriously and it becomes unwatchable because it's it, the production value is so low, despite the script yeah. maybe being good. And I, I think like we talk about like choosing the right footage and stuff, but I don't, I don't think that's the most important thing in editing. I think it's more to watch what Ola is saying, and and I think that that just in in, in if we were to choose one word on what's the most important thing in editing in in editing, I think it's pacing. Like if you don't pace stuff well, like you you as an editor, you have all the footage on the vi- on the video and audio everything, and you need to make sure that, for example, if I'm choosing a clip where someone I'm actually like taking audio from like a episode or a TV show or something, uh. You need to make sure that it fits in such a way that what comes afterward doesn't sound like it was supposed to become like come before the clip. So, for example, if KP is talking about something, like usually uh, I like to try to separate what I unless I listen to the audio, of course, and then I like to almost in my mind like section off parts so I can say like okay, this is that sex section, and that means I want like some kind of break-off points between these, this and this, like, sentence, and I want something, like, it's, I think a good pacing makes a good video, because if, yeah, like Ola said, if you don't know what you're doing, it's just, like, non-stop talking and, like, random video with no, almost no cuts or too many cuts, it just becomes annoying, and you're like, I don't know what the fuck's going on. So. You need to get that like good balance uh, of things, not yeah. not over edited, but not under edited as well. I think a, a good a good a good if like if you, if you want examples of what not to do, a good example of over editing is that one clip from Bohemian Rhapsody. I uh, was gonna say <laughs> and and under editing, I would say that. Uh, one scene from the third season of Twin Peaks where there's 15 minutes of a guy sweeping the floor and doing nothing else. <laughs> and it's it's funny because, yeah, when it comes to, like, I mean, the loophole that they do have for something like that, it's like, oh, it's David Lynch. There's a reason he has <laughs> I lo- you know, I love that. shots like that. Because he's kind of, like, the one that, I uh, guess, I in a way, he, like, took what, almost like what Stanley Kubrick did and then he, like, ran with it. In yeah. terms of the weird stuff, so I mean, it's like I I love that scene. But with Bo, Ra- oh it's yeah, but dumb. it's like <laughs> it's so dumb. Yeah, but I, with Bo with Bohemian Rhapsody, yeah, that oh, one God. shot. It's funny because I was gonna use that exact same example, and and especially because so many people were upset that it walked away with uh, oh my, the movie walked away with the Oscar for best yeah. editing. And after, especially when you see that scene, like there are some other shots, you know, other scenes that work really well. But when you have other shots that are like way too, they're 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 way too quickly done. Like I, I the one shot that they're referring to is when the band is sitting at a table with like their, with basically like their new managers and stuff, and they're talking about going on tour and stuff like that. And all of it's just jump cutting, jump 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 between like I mean rapid fire jump cutting between all the people sitting at the table barely letting you have a moment to really like read what the person is expressing and it's all while one person one or two people may be talking amongst each other so you're just showing all these faces and at all these different angles and it's just but it's happening so fast you don't you don't have time to visually process it and it just a lot of people got headaches from it 
because the editing was so unnecessarily fast for a scene where they're just sitting and talking. And I think, yeah, and, and that, that scene also is a good example of something I also try to do in, in not do in, in, in KP videos, or, or like a, a, a thing that's usually taught in doing video, fil- like filming actual video, I try to bring into KP videos is uh, in our KP videos, sometimes you use KP, we call them faces, which is that KP avatar basically, uh, and we use that in you sometimes other footage to like either like enhance a joke usually, um, or make it like enhanced points. Uh, and that scene has there's another thing really poorly, and that is you don't know where people are because the framing of the people doesn't make sense. There's something called mm-hmm. the is it 180 degrees rule? Oh yeah. Where and it, that gets completely broken in that scene. Uh, I hate I it when they Googling. do that. Because th- that would take too long to explain, but to Google it, it's a it's a very fundamental, very fundamental thing about film. It's, it's like the filming. number one like... thing you learn when you start learning about filming. Yeah. I think it's that's the... the first thing you pretty yeah. much learn. Yeah, and it, when I it's like when, even even in I... animation, I'm afraid of breaking the 180 rule constantly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, I know so some avant-garde people and like. Uh, uh, indie people often break that rule to like if get you know what you're across. doing yeah they need to like mm-hmm. know what they are doing and don't constantly do it and also I do think like um, quick uh, quick uh, rapid editing and, and like jump cuts and, and stuff can work but you need to it needs to be uh, fitting for the tone and the moment and you don't need to overuse it like it needs to be uh, a very specific moment where it actually fits it can look good and 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 work real well for a film if it's at if if it fits the tone the scene yeah mm-hmm. and, and, like, and it doesn't get used constantly like the the, uh, the caesar scene from in uh, incredibles 2 uh mm. that movie when like most typical time we get like really fast editing in, in that probably the most used the most use you can get out, out of really quick editing is make stuff intentionally confusing. Like if a character mm-hmm. is, is taking drugs or co- going crazy or I think like like Evil Dead yeah, does, does oh, a lot I of really fast example. editing. I can, I can yeah. say a thing. So um, and the hangover um, when the characters are waking up and there's um, purposely like a shaky cam um, as, as they're kind of like serving the surveying the hotel room and like seeing what what they did so that was that's an intentional use of not so much breaking the 180 rule but like using the cinematography of a scene to help portray what the character or how the character is feeling so yeah it's 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 being careful with what you use and how you use it like yeah for some things like that where it's especially if you want to confuse or disorient your audience because you want them to feel the way the characters are feeling in a certain scene, then that's what you do. It kind of, it, it's that jolt that they need to like, it's almost like calibrating the audience to feeling what they have, what they should feel in that scene as if to put them into that situation. Um, but yeah, when it's overused, uh, it, it just becomes um, unwatchable. And, yeah. and it's, and yeah. My, my point then originally was that when I use KP, well, the face of the avatar, I try to keep the 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 rule of third when I use it, and also don't just throw like cut cut basically to KP's avatar on the other side of the screen suddenly, 
because that would break continuity with how mm-hmm. you're looking because it would be um, like it would seem it would it would be hard to follow like everything needs to be easy to follow and understand unless you want to confuse someone but then it's very obvious so to that you're trying to confuse people and usually in youtube videos that's not what you want to do yeah so especially, especially an, an, analytical content yeah analytical content you very rarely try to make people confused because that would like undermine the entire point of the video which is to educate and make people understand yeah. if you're actually confusing someone yeah and if you want to move the face uh for a specific like um for a specific effect you want to do uh it is fine but you should probably show the actual face being moved with the uh, keyframes and stuff and i've noticed that um what you mentioned Sandra, that's a mistake a lot of new editors often do on the team is that they uh, have a tendency to just make that face stand wherever the fuck they want or <laughs> excuse the language um i've been swearing a lot so i think that, that, that that's <laughs> thrown out the window we're, we're norwegians we swear all the fucking time we swear i didn't i didn't say fucking time on purpose there by the way uh um maybe we can finally use that uh, opening now where it's like oh this is heavy adult language um yeah a- anyway just, a lot yeah, of new ed- editors on the team often do that mistake where they keep um uh, keep jumping uh around with the faces um uh, and and it do- it is very jarring and doesn't look great yeah it's it's important to understand the setting like the staging of your scene the setting where characters are or where your subjects are in that space and then it's like yeah it, it it's sometimes it's a lot to keep track of depending on the, the extremity of the scene but um but yeah, it's always important to know your layout, especially so that way when it comes to focusing on characters and stuff at the right time and in the right proper flow of the space. Yeah, because <laughs> otherwise, yeah, when you break 180 and all that stuff, uh, only if, like, if you keep breaking it and you're, you know, and there's no reason for it to be broken, then it just is confusing. And yeah. not the good kind of confusing. But it's it's where yeah, where your audience I, can't even follow it. Yeah. But I think it's very important to preface this if you're new to animation, because this is like the basics of video editing. Uh like regardless of us telling you that these like don't do these mistakes, you will make these mistakes. Everybody makes these mistakes. It's it's inevitable. And you need to make them to learn from them. So I think that's the main the main thing about editing, like everybody's bad at like editing. Like I, I went recently. I went back and looked at looked at some stuff I did uh, when I started editing in Premiere Pro, and it's it's horrible. I hate it, uh, but that's the point. And I think it's. I mean, it's the same thing with like writing and and doing art and everything. Like you will improve, and mm-hmm. video editing is especially if you if you try. It really depends what software you start using. But if you jump into it wanting to do very specific things, it gets very technical very fast. So it is a very steep learning curve. And you might feel like after a year or so that you're, oh, yeah, I know everything now. But you will hit that point where you're just like, no, I don't know nothing. Like, I don't feel I know. I personally, like Ola was uh, was saying how good he thought I was an editor in 
Premiere and After Effects and Audition, which is an audio editing software, uh, by the way. We didn't mention that. Um, but I f- feel like I don't know anything about any of the softwares at all. I'm like, I feel like I, I'm really bad at it personally. But um, I, I don't know. There, there's always, always more to learn. Personally, um, I feel like I am pretty good at uh, Premiere, but like as you said, there's always more to learn constantly. And there's also the other softwares that I need to learn more about because I'm only like decent at them. For Premiere, I'm very confident in, but I still can learn. Despite being confident in it, I can still learn more stuff. And, yeah, um, and you can... as you mentioned, Sandra, everyone makes mistakes and like you look back at your old stuff when you hate it. But personally, I don't think you should look back at your stuff and hate it. I, I actually, don't hate it, I actually I... love Mm-mm. looking at my old stuff. Like my old, yeah. oh my old editing is god awful, uh, but I love it. I, I, the reason why I love my old stuff is because of how bad it is. Because I really like going back and see how bad I was at editing a few years back. Because it really shows how much I have improved and i I think um it's the same thing with like art as well like if you go back and look at the stuff you made many years ago you shouldn't hate it you should be like thankful to see how far you've gone it actually Mm -hmm. like i'm not embarrassed of my old videos i like to show them off to people actually because i like to look back at my own videos and i feel really motivated actually by looking at my old videos because i see how much i have improved and and grown as an editor Mm -hmm. and it's just like really motivational yeah, and yeah, I do agree with you. I don't hate my own stuff, but it's 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 that that's it's that slight cringe, I think that I, that gets me, because you're like, yeah, I'm better now, and that's good. And I mean, it's also fun to go back and when you look at stuff because you're like, I see what I wanted to do, I didn't do it well, but I I, I get what I tried to do, kind of. And I and I think that's the main thing with editing. Like, if you want to do something specific, like if you're like, oh. I've seen this thing on YouTube or I've seen this thing somewhere on TikTok on in a movie. Like try to do it. Like even though it seems very hard and probably is very hard and very expensive and very complicated to do. Um see how see if you can do it. Try to do it like as like with the limited equipment you have, with the limited things you have. Try to actually do it because pushing yourself constantly, especially with the video editing is the way to understand and specifically with like video editing I think because it's so it gets complicated quite quickly when especially if you do like actual editing of video with like video files and codecs and and, and it gets it gets complicated but if you don't jump into it and try uh, if you just sit on the sideline and be like nah I'm just going to do what I know all the time you're never going to actually have any progression at all yeah, you need to actually try to grow at anything, really. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, go ahead, Lauren. I'm oh, sorry. No, no. Oh, go. I was just gonna move on to the next point. So, um, if you want to say anything, speak now. No. Okay. <laughs> so, um, I guess this is the part where I'll talk more than I have been, because um, a lot of this is just stuff um so why don't you guys break down the process of video editing um in the most like um basic um vocabulary possible and i guess you can do it in the way it relates to a kp video but like sandra you can also jump in and like talk about how it's different editing with 
live action footage comparatively. So, okay, okay go ahead, Ola, go ahead, describe how you make a KP video. Like, go. Okay, when it comes to a KP video, um, uh, after the script has been recorded and approved and all that stuff, we first have to put it into uh, Audition, which is our audio editing software. And uh, what we do in um, uh, Audition is that we um, cut, obviously cut the audio. Uh, we usually uh, use this thing called multi-track. If you're ever gonna edit in uh, Audition, use multi-track. Um, up in the up in the corner uh, of of um, audition, there's this thing called waveform and multitrack. You should always use multitrack while editing audio in uh, audition. It just makes everything way easier. So it basically uh, cuts down this audio into uh, whatever length the video is supposed to be. Uh, we cut out um, uh, we we cut out all like inhales and outhales and and stuff and sometimes we have these things called pops and clicks uh, that KP make with her, her makes with her mouth and we have to find a way to remove remove those um, and if there is a lot of background noise in the background we have to uh, uh, re use different tools to um, to remove that uh, we try and hope a lot of the time that there's not a lot of background noise because that can ruin the audio um you should not put a lot of like uh like <laughs> effects on the audio you should use as little effects as possible don't add reverb yeah uh that is not good we also and, like and cut out uh obviously uh kp is a human uh, like uh, every one of us so she can't like say every single line perfectly every time so we obviously have to cut out some of the retakes and some of the flubs and stuff and, and sometimes you know you like maybe you maybe she does several takes and sometimes it does several takes but she does the entire take and there's just different tonal inflictions and sometimes you might choose to like oh i like this sentence the first take in this sentence but i, I think the last sentence in the last take was better and then you might try to want to frankenstein them together to make it or like if if she's actually it's easy to pause if it pauses enough you can actually take the parts that sounds best and then put them together to make a sentence or like make a make take the good parts and make it sound good basically yeah and when we're done with uh, cutting it down in uh, audition uh, we usually like export the audio and we um, should upload it online uh, sometimes people forget but we should upload it online and send it to the other editors so they can listen to the audio while we start doing the visual stuff and um, firstly I want to say when we first joined the team uh, we were shown this video on how to make a KP video <laughs> and that is a horribly outdated video because it said that the first thing we should do is place all the faces um, uh, on the entire KP thing <laughs> yeah, the KP avatar yeah. on, on everything uh, and and the justification was in case you don't have anything to cut to you will always have something to cut to but that is a flawed logic obviously because like if we found out we needed to cut to KP faces we could just and we didn't have KP faces there we could just add them so yeah uh, I want to quickly before we go into video I just want to point out a workflow thing which is like it, it it relates to the audio but also very much to the video but specifically to the audio 
and that is what's called a non-destructive workflow. And if you've done art, you you like drawing digitally, you know what that is. Uh, but it's basically when you do add effects in, for example, audition, uh, or like transform, like you say you add an effect in, you want to like do something to an image. It's very important to when you can to make it so that action is reversible at any stage of production. So, for example, in audition, instead of clicking add effect and then adding the effect to the actual audio file you want to maybe use the effect rack which is its own thing and add effects to the ch- entire like audio channel so if you're like oh i don't so you after you're, do- you're done with like the, cutting this thing you're like oh uh i want to change something with this one effect because now kp they're like when kp says something it sounds like she's like satan because it's so like boost space base boosted then you you should make sure always make sure that you're able to fix those fix those mistakes because if it if not you suddenly have to redo everything and you never want to, in editing you never want to redo anything because that is the most frustrating and most boring and most like draining thing you can do yeah yeah i'll add to and... oh okay i'll go first yeah. ola and then you can add um i'll add to so in a perfect world um ideally um a lot of the things that might be subjective as far as the edit so there's technical things that we look over that you know obviously reduce as the editor gets better so like you know is their audio clean does this joke work is this image photoshopped cleanly or does it look like garbage so there's stuff like that um but there's also like the the two things that kind of are dependent on the editor that you know, we have to get feedback on is the pacing, so um, and the jokes, which kind of tie together. So a lot of times the editor, and that also ties into making sure you're familiar with the source material. But a lot of times the editor will edit jokes or you know something, and I'll be like, hey, that's not funny, cut it, or like, hey, let's do it this way. So if you're working in the the style that Sander um standard proposed essentially then that's not a big deal to remove things or re-edit things but you know you don't want to screw yourself over essentially when you have some yeah, subjective try- stuff like that yeah you should never you should at all at all points of production at any cost you should be able to revert and turn back uh, what you've done because there will be you never know what you need to change you might think oh this is done this looks perfect and then you put it out for everyone to like comment on and you get it back and four people have commented on the same thing and you're like oh yeah I agree with them now I just didn't notice it the first time because after, when you edit something yourself uh, you will become all, like blind to certain mistakes because you've been looking at the same you've listened to the same audio so many times like you will now like if you edit for someone and their audio you will know how their voice sounds and you will pick up on every single little detail they make when they talk. So, yeah, and um, like, uh, don't be distraught by uh, other people giving you feedback because, like, feedback is very important. That's a really yeah. important way to improve. And as Sanders said, you become blind to your own some of your own mistakes, uh, and and getting feedback from other people uh, really ha- helps with you noticing them. 
which is why we mm -hmm. always post these videos, uh, several renders of these videos, so the other editors can like give us feedback, so we can make the best video possible. Yeah, because yeah. You, it's almost like you become blind to your own stuff. You've been staring at it long enough. You always uh, never hurts to have a fresh set of eyes and ears to look at and hear things, and see how they go. Yes, and um, when it comes to the like actual video stuff uh, and how the process for us editing the video, um, some of us have learned the hard way that when you first edit the video, always make sure to set the aspect ratio of how of, of the video before you start <laughs> inserting. Uh, <laughs> visuals. Uh, yeah, I learned that the hard way. Because, What's an aspect um, ratio? That's the size of uh, the video screen, basically. You know, you know the old movies and the TV show when it's four by three. That's uh, four by three. That's the old like TV box. Like a lot of older shows, like the Gummy Bears or or Ducktales. Old Ducktales, not the new one. The good Ducktales. Um, mm. that is four by three. And then newer stuff is usually called 16 by 9. Uh, though it's technically not by, that's an actual like, mistake. Anyways, 16 by 9, which is the normal like screen size. And then you have like weirder ones, like a lot of the like longer ones. Like when you see a movie, like a, like a mar, like you go to this, well, you don't go to the cinema, don't do that, be at home. But um, uh, when you look at a movie, it's usually like thinner. And that's, uh, can be like anything, but one of them is like 11 by 12 by 1. And it's always like different, it just has to do with how image is shown. And usually for like, like for example, most uh, Marvel movies, they keep 16 by 9. Because they're action movies and they're meant to be fun. But for example, like Tarantino movie will be a lot thinner because it wants a specific like feel. For example, uh, Hateful Eight has a really, one of the thinnest aspect ratios that like in every movie ever because the entire movie is supposed to be feel like to feel really claustrophobic um mm. so uh yeah it's usually just 16 by 9 for normal humans but uh once you start get like using stuff you can use stuff really creatively if you want to yeah i usually like set the the, the aspect ratio first but i had like gotten this really unhealthy habit of being used to the background always being the exact aspect ratio that we need so i usually just put in the background first so it like it's the perfect aspect ratio but sometimes we have like uh, specially made backgrounds that sometimes aren't the correct aspect ratio so it's a really unhealthy habit you should like actually do the aspect ratio first um and and what i usually do is i put in the background first and uh, on the first video layer because there as we mentioned like with art there's several layers there's like infinite amount of layers of uh, video and infinite amount of levels of audio you can put and on the first video layer I put the background we use uh, and on the first uh, audio layer I put uh, KP's audio and what I proceed into doing after that is um, inserting and finding all the footage that is needed for uh, the video and then every moment I feel like there is fitting to have footage I insert the footage there and when I finally have finished inserting all the footage for the video that's when I move on to the KP faces um, which uh, um, we were originally asked to do all of uh, first which we realized was not very effective 
because if you do that after you've inserted all the um, video stuff um, uh, it, it becomes a lot quicker to edit because you know exactly where you need the faces you don't insert it all over the audio and I feel like okay. this is related this is actually um, if you're gonna edit for YouTube this is actually uh, relating to more than just KP videos because a lot of youtubers do like KP and have this avatar on screen um, uh, so I think this is actually important information to know if you're gonna edit for YouTube uh, so I insert all the faces after the video uh, and then after that I start putting all the PNGs and vectors on screen which is all the visuals that we usually make fly on and off screen um, in KP videos and we do that using uh, several keyframes on the um, uh, on the video and a keyframe is pretty much just like these set animations we sort of give the the, the visuals in the video uh, so we can make something move from one place to another during a certain time frame or change the size or rotation there's a lot of options with uh, keyframing uh, and it's probably one of the most basic but more one of the also more important aspects of editing uh, and after that I uh, finally insert the credits which we use an, a green screen for so uh, I usually wait with that to the end and I also what's a green screen well what do you use it for <laughs> a green screen is what um, is something that pretty much every single movie TV show or any editor really use and every editor should know um, and know how to use it it's basically exactly what it is it's it's a what it <laughs> what it says it is it's a green screen and you can use several effects um, uh, to uh, make this green screen disappear and have something else appear where that specific uh, green screen is uh, the most common thing to use for that is color key but as we've uh, on the team have learned from Sanders specifically actually and I and uh, this tool is a blessing. In After Effects, you have key light, which is basic, works basically the same as color key, but it would just works so much better and makes. Um... What? Yes. No, what I was referring to now is specific tools within After Effects. Uh, so, so the one I was referring to now, the last one, is a, what's called a plugin that's built into the software. But I wanted to. So, green screen is. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm taking over now, but I. I think there's a better way of explaining it uh, because that's a specific soft, like a specific thing, but the aspect of green screen is referred to as chroma keying, and the, re the reason why it's a green screen is that the shade of green is so not used in anything that when you can take that key out, and that specific shade of green is also not l like a lot of other colors. It's so very specific. So you you want if you want to remove backgrounds that is the most that and uh, something called blue screen yeah I was about which to is less that used as well. but blue screen came first yeah uh, it was blue screen was used a lot back in the day but then green screen is more used now but blue screens is, do still yeah I was about to say that yeah they still do use blue screens but it's you they usually use blue screens uh, if there are uh, colors that screw with the green screen, usually like if there is a green color that really screw with the green screen in the scene, it's better to use a blue screen. And there's uh, another thing uh, which was only used for a 
couple of movies, specifically Mary Poppins. Um, it's a, only one camera in the entire world has done does this, and it's better than green screen and blue screen. Uh, it is uses like this like uh, it reads waves basically because that's all color is. Of course, it's like waves and shit like in in the, in, in vision. And waves and shit. It uses this very specific light and. The camera that they use has this because uh, the camera is basically like just mirrors and lenses and st- like mirrors and and glass, and this gl- this glass has this specific like specific build like the the core of it is like uh, almost like a crystal thing, and they never managed to recreate it. So there exists better keying than green screen, but it is only one of them, and they've never been able to recreate it. And it's only used for like a couple of older movies like Mary Poppins. Because they've never managed wow. to actually be able to make make it again. That's actually a really interesting fact that I didn't know. And here I oh, was go- so- and here I was going to be with these really un- uninteresting uninteresting facts about how most effects in the original Star Wars trilogy was filmed in front of a blue screen. Wow. Yeah, or 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 what's called? I mean, another way they use in in older movies, which if you ever see like the original print of Star Wars or other movies at the time, you can see this like white line around things that are very clearly added in posts uh, and that is to use um, use the light so for example you, you would have a very dark background and anything being very light and then play a bit around with contrast which is like the, the difference between the dark and the light so you would get like you would get the normal video and then you would get this def- different like exact same image just it's just black and white and you would be able to like separate the black from the light so the blacks the the darker parts of the image would become invisible the lighter parts would become visible so oh, like green screen when but, but instead of doing color you're doing just uh luminosities so it's it's luma keying not chroma keying yeah but i wanted to add because all i kept talking about stuff which was really good by the way uh but i wanted to add that when always say dragging stuff onto a thing that's called the timeline and most modern editing softwares is what's called non-linear. And it basically means that you can jump back and forth whatever you want. So, for example, when we add, and this is the same thing with Audition, which is a, with the audio editing software, is that you drag. Is there a, it, it's like reading a book or like sc- uh, scrolling through a movie. You add the audio on the tra- this track and you can go back and forth as much as you want. Um, and you can add video and stuff, and it cut out stuff. But it's you don't have to like do it. Oh, at first I'm doing part like the beginning, and then the middle, and then the end. Like, oh, you watched through, and I'm like, oh yeah, I want. Oh yeah, I have this thing at the end which I know I want immediately, and you might add that first because you know you want that part, or like, oh yeah, I know I want these three scenes which I have in this thing there. So it's it's that idea of. Being able to jump back and forth between your clips—that's called the timeline. And under- most, almost every editing software has some sort of version of the timeline. Uh, and yeah. Premiere Pro is one of the most flexible ones of them, where you're able to very finely and de- like fi- very detailed about when stuff cuts and how stuff gets added to the timeline. Even uh, even like Movie Maker has uh, has a timeline. But it's really bad. Uh, yeah, uh, I would also argue that After Effects timeline is really awful. But uh, you probably would uh, disagree with. But it means that 
it's it's not made to edit video the same way. Yeah, I know, but it's because it, it's still kind of inconvenient. Um, I know it's not technically a timeline. It's it's very different, but it's it's kind of in, inconvenient it's how a, it's set up uh, sometimes. The but it is designed specifically to like it's to 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 edit smaller <laughs> scenes. It's it's made for to make one project is one scene. So we have. Yeah. Anyways, I'm sorry we're going on about stuff that's not related to KP. <laughs> I would, but if you're if you are an editor, and this please take this part in, editor. Uh, if you're an editor and you want to like have some really interesting like looks at how to edit and stuff, uh, I, I would recommend a couple of YouTube channels very quickly. Um, there's a channel called Corridor Digital, and they have a secondary channel yes. called Corridor Crew, where they do like. The most famous thing is like visual effects artists react, um, mm-hmm. and the fact about them like uh, there's I would re- recommend watching them because they often actually talk about editing. They have I think one or two about like editors react, but there's a recent the recent like the uh, visual effects the visual effects artists react. They often talk about how editing complements visual effects and uh, and animation, uh, so I would recommend that and also. There's a channel called Cinecom, and then they like their specialty is replicating effects from movie, high budget movies, very cheaply, and then learning you how to do it. And they're very focused on everything should be at an expense to where you feel it's every nothing should be overly expensive. Everything should be budgeted so that you can actually do this yourself. Yeah, also stuff they recommend. Excellent. <laughs> yeah, Cinecom is great. Ola, how about you? Anything you recommend or any resources? Uh, oh, that's a tricky question. Like, a lot of the channels I've watched for uh, tutorials and stuff has uh, usually been recommended to me by Sander. Uh, and then um, yeah. <laughs> a lot of it has mostly actually been... Most of it just been me, really, just looking it up online and then watching whatever it is I find. Uh, I haven't specifically looked at one, like, channel. It's just like, oh, this video does a really good tutorial on this thing yeah don't and, and also i would say one thing don't underestimate the power of a good text-based tutorial because it's so much easier if you're like have a lot of steps in a text-based tutorial to like oh i what wait what did i do that there and then have to scroll back and try to find a point you were that they said one thing that you've forgotten so much easier just to scroll a bit up and like oh point five um, than to actually see a video. So, so even though reading isn't, you might not think reading is fun or text-based tutorials are very interesting, but sometimes, especially if you're trying to do more advanced stuff, like please try to find a good text-based one because it's so much easier to just like f- comprehend than a video, especially in, on YouTube. They often are like, oh yes, push this button, and you're like, why? What does this button do? And they never explain it to you. So I would, instead of just watching a YouTube video about how to do this one effect and then doing the, pushing the buttons, actually understanding what those buttons actually do and what you're actually doing is way more important than knowing how to do the effect from uh, uh, a music video. Like, it's more important to know how, like, what's, like, the second you can look at an effect and be like, I kind of understand what you're doing. You you're learning correctly. 
rather mm. than to be like, oh, that effect looks cool, I want to replicate that. Oh, I'm going to Google it and find it. And you should rather be looking, oh, I think it's kind of that effect. How does I, how do I do that, that effect? I think it's a much healthier way to learn editing and software than to just want to do one specific thing. Mm. Um, okay, and then we'll do... Uh, do you have any... you guys have any favorite projects you worked on quickly? Like any KP projects or otherwise? I hate Ooh. KP. She sucks. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, that's a that's a hard one. It's clearly Princess Bride. No. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Princess Bride was my favorite project. I was very not tired the entire time because. Uh, <laughs> um, I, I mean, I but I, I would actually like to point something out. Everybody should go and watch Princess Bride, our Princess Bride video. By the way, we spent a lot of time on it, uh, and a lot of not lack of sleep. Um, but yeah, I learned a lot from Princess Bride. I think it's a very interesting project to look back on already because it's there's so many things I now would have done differently. Or I think we should have done differently. But it's it's still very I think actually quite impressive how how long and how actually how how cohesive it feels. Mm-hmm. Um Okay, I don't know yeah. why I thought this was a hard question. This was easy question. Frenemies. The Frenemies video, that's oh, yeah. the best video I, I've ever worked on. I, I love that video. Uh, if people haven't watched it, you should you should watch it. Frenemies is like one of the few episodes from season 9 that I really, really actually genuinely love. Season 9 of My Little Pony. I didn't, I didn't like the ninth season that much at all, to be honest, but Frenemies is actually a genuinely really good episode. And our review of it is, um, uh, is something special. <laughs> I love it. It was so much fun working on. It was probably like the easiest edit you've best. ever done, right? <laughs> I was. I actually got a. I actually got a, a, a much bigger appreciation for the work that Roundtrip does after uh, having having worked on that video because it, it, despite them looking like really really quick to make, they actually take longer than you would expect. So I actually uh, got a like newfound appreciation for him. Um, uh, after that, uh, but it also has some of like the I feel like some of my favorite ga- uh, end gags that I've ever made. I-, I just really love that video, and I genuinely think it's actually a funny video. Yeah, I I I would say um, I haven't done that many videos, mostly because I've ended up on larger projects or just been been doing. Oh, we started doing the podcast. I was. Uh, very involved in the making of templates, which has been the thing I've been doing the most. So, except for the the KP uh, making the one of my, I think actually my favorite project has been the podcast, the loops and stuff we've done for this, which I haven't drawn myself, but I've like and the moving hands and stuff and the adding of the smoke in the in Lawrence uh, cup. That that's that's me in the in work. the glitchy logo uh, thingy, right? And the glitchy logo thingy is also my work. Uh, or like seven priests, seven things I found on YouTube added together to one thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, I would say of like the actual KP videos, I was really proud of the um, Impossible Analysis video. Uh, that's my recent 
the, the most recent KP video I did. Um, just imagine it had better background music. That that's that's the thing. Imagine it act like having the sound like good some good music and not the copyright free things we ended up using instead because <laughs> damn you, copy, copyright system. Um, no, so um, that's and I I also did a very I did like the it was supposed to be half and half but it ended up being I did one third of it and uh, another guy called Dom did uh two thirds of it but the. Um, the My Little Pony review of the, uh, of the um, marriage episode thingy. Oh, the one that uh, Olaf fucked that up. Was... Huh? The one that Olaf fucked up. Oh yeah, that one that had like seven. Oh up, yeah, like, that's all... true. Olaf. Yeah. The one we uploaded like the first one minute, and then like, <laughs> like why is only one minute up and not like, the actual how long it is. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, that's probably like... the biggest fuck up I've ever done is that I didn't check it before uploading it and then uh, uh, it was something um, like... The yeah, for those there, who but... don't know, um, we we tried not to upload um, stuff or once it's done, it's done. But Ola is in charge of checking the videos before they're uploaded on the channel. Um, he has man- He's one of the people that has managerial access because um, he's ahead. Um, so for the... the, the Big Mac marriage episode with Discord. Um, Ola, I think he accidentally uploaded like half of it. <laughs> so. Yeah. Well, I mean, the problem was that I rendered the entire thing because I got the file from the other editor and I add I added it both together. And I've when you export, if you're using Premiere, this is the thing you will. Uh, I I would like to point out. Under the like where you can preview it when you're like in the export window, there's a thing that says render and then colon, and you can like there's a drop down menu which says entire session in and out point, uh, or I think it's uh, custom. And I had at the time I had it set to in and I usually use in and out points, so I I I choose like if I have like some like trash at the end of my thing, I just use like oh no, okay, I want my thing to stop here. The thing is, I was suppo- I I had I didn't I didn't have that for that video, so I was gonna use entire sequence, but I'd used in and out points for a personal project thing right beforehand, so I didn't. So it just cut out like a minute of my video, like of the video, like a minute of of my section of the video, and then nothing else. And then all I got to find just uploaded it because. I never make mistakes, and then I make a mistake, and then everything goes to hell. Yeah, but that, I feel like that's mostly on my part, because I should have checked it beforehand. I was just, like, really stressed out and tired of it. And I also should at the at 4 a.m., but yeah. he- here we are. Um, and also, uh, I, I I think all editors have done that mistake at some point, uh, Sandra, and if they haven't done it, they most likely will do it. But after yeah. you do that mistake once, I don't think you ever do it again, because, no. like, I did that mistake once as well, and ever since then, I... I double check that every time. Like literally every time I render something, I always double check that it is set on the correct, <laughs> correct yeah. uh, beginning and end point. Okay, I guess some housekeeping stuff before we wrap up. Um, if you're new, please subscribe to the main channel. I was so um, frustrated because we just did this big Shira video with cosplayers, and it's like a half an hour long. And um, not only is it underperforming, like, it only has, like, 3,000 views, which is, like, I'm 
gracious for all the views, but like for such a big video, it was a little disheartening as well as we lost, I think like 200 subscribers. I'm just like, man, we worked so hard. So uh, make sure you're subscribed and watching the videos when they come out, ideally, right? And then um, we have a, in case you haven't noticed it on the, the, on the, the podcast YouTube channel, we have a lo-fi loop that exists for your pleasure of lo-fying, I guess. So That has been a production for yeah. So please go watch yeah, it. Yeah, I, I, I just recommend people bookmarking it. So if they want to, they can just pull it up easily. Because um, a lot of pe times people don't really, um, when I check it, there's not a lot of people watching it. And I'm like, yay, I'm the one viewer. So um, I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's pretty. We worked really hard on it. It's much better than the regular like lo-fi girl loop because there's just a lot more going on. And actual like frame-by-frame -frame animation and fancy stuff. Uh, and then, yeah, the only other thing I can think of is eventually we'll start doing live shows, but we're not ready for that yet, so keep an eye out for, like, live stream versions of shows and, and stuff, mm -hmm. but I realized when we were getting assets together that we don't have all the assets, so I was going to tell Lauren, I was like, so about that, so we're getting, we're, we're getting <laughs> them, but we gotta make them. We're working We're on working it. on it, so, um... It's in progress. So, yeah, so make, like, and tell your friends to subscribe to the main channel because, like, we're really trying to work hard to grow it, and it's it's slow and steady, and obviously it's slower because corona, it's harder to network because everyone is hiding under the bunker. So, you know, like, if you could help, do what you can, and, and we appreciate you, um random random viewer but i imagine if people are listening to the podcast they're already subscribed but like that's why i'm like go get your grandma to subscribe yeah. it's, it's good go, go get, get your grandma, your grandma. <laughs> you don't have friends get your grandma <laughs> follow on the youtubes and the twitters yes. and the instagrams some, and the... there's some upcoming projects i'm that, just gonna go and dig up really a grave good. right now and be like grandma why are you not subscribed to kp <laughs> We buried her phone, we need to get it. <laughs> so I can subscribe. Shit, I dug up the wrong grave, this is not my grandma! Oh, but that's, that, that, that's my neighbor's grandma's phone, I will, I will make her also subscribe. <laughs> okay, yeah, that was. I think that was the funniest part of the whole podcast. Good job, Ola. Yay! <laughs> we're funny sometimes. Yeah, that was a lot of, like, rambling, and I was just, like, sitting in the corner, and, like... But, yeah, usually in the more, um episodes when we have more leaner topics and or like when i get to tell stories or the like the funnier ones but anyway so if you're if you and also you don't have me and sander here who just loves blabbering on about the stuff we love all the fucking time and annoy the hell out of everyone i'm just like <laughs> i just want to eat food yeah. but sandrick just won't shut the fuck up but you know it's <laughs> <laughs> anyway um and then if you're yeah. new to the podcast specifically this is like we're we're in our late 20s um episode wise so there's we're like at 30 we're like at 30 something no right? no we're all, i i i i, no, I number them look like I, I number them 27 yeah this is 27 so um Yay! Like, well, we record 21. a lot, guys. <laughs> if we, yeah, we have a lot at this point. So if you um if you want to like ideally ideally they're for you to learn about things, but um depending on the topic, sometimes they're funny too. 
So, uh, what has been your favorite episode um, so far, Lauren? Like funny wise. Oh shoot, that's tough. Uh, I mean, Animal Crackers was a lot of fun. Yeah, that was neat. Um. Yeah, and then and also and also talking Tangled. That was that was oh, Chris. That's my favorite episode of the podcast so far. <laughs> I love that. That, that, I edited out of that one and that was like so much fun. I was like, okay, I'm gonna take like two days to edit this audio. I edited the, the audio in like the first day I got it just because I could not stop listening because it was so fascinating. Yeah, I I would recommend uh, episode seven, the first uh, episode, uh, religion, was the religion and fandom and yeah, religion that was, intersect. That episode that was is really good too. It's, re- it's it's not as funny, but it's really fascinating. And I think there's a lot of really good uh, conversation in there, but also uh, the professional voice voice acting one, uh, mainly because the audio is really good, but also yeah, because, because there's, an interest, a there's interesting conversations booth. going on there. Yeah, Kira is great. Kira has her own like yeah, two yeah. grand sound booth, so that's why it it costs. It, it sounds so nice. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I was. It's almost like almost what is doing. It's almost like voice actors know how to like voice yes. act, right? <laughs> it's almost it's almost like she's a professional voice actor. It's almost like she gets paid to do this. Yeah. Um my my favorite one so far is um twenty twelve. Like for fun because I like I like to talk about things. So I think that one was kind of funny and I, I don't think I've ever told like the whole John Delancey saga in like a linear for- format before, so you know, if you don't know who John Delancey is, well, you've got a few hours of, of, of it to learn about. <laughs> yeah, I guess. So, if you guys have any more ideas for future episodes, let us know, I guess, in the the, the YouTube comments or on the Twitter, because there's not, like, a place people go, like, but yeah, watch watch the main videos, like, when they come out, like, those are the ones we work hard on. Not that we don't work hard on everything, but like comparatively, this takes like two days to do, um, two or three days to put the podcast together now, and then the main videos take like two weeks. So it's fine. <laughs> okay, any other things to, to say before we. It's almost like well, Sandra did most of the work for us. Yeah. Well, you know, I was going to say. At the very least, uh, I, I do want to say thank you to Ola and Sander for joining us today. You're finally out in front of the the microphone and and not behind yeah. the scenes on this. <laughs> I've been here but, uh, before. Yeah. It was fun. Ola's been here before. I I mean, it's it's been fun being here. I I know, especially when I start talking technical stuff, I keep blabbering on, uh, <laughs> and I I I wish I could uh, not talk about editing. <laughs> <laughs> but uh uh yeah it was fun being okay here. um and then uh in like really quickly why do you guys like being on the team social aspect that is uh that is the best part about team kp is the social aspect like um i don't think there's uh, there's lots of youtubers that has has teams working for them but most of them, I think, are 100% just professional, like they're all just co-workers. Maybe some of them become friends, but I don't think they have as much socialization um, uh, in their groups. But like on Team KP, it's really, uh, it's like really big part of the team. It's like how close we all become with each other. I said this last time as well. We just 
are like this tight-knit family we're like friends and we all usually stay in touch with each other uh, even after people leave the team because we uh, we love each other yeah I'm a Norwegian guy who currently lives in the UK and I now regularly semi-regularly I guess talk to a guy from the Philippines so it's like yay I have friends on like the completely other side of the world now and that's fun <laughs> I have friends inside of my computer it's fine yay get it Mom, mom, they're real friends. They're not just fake ones. It's just like an AI voice talking back at you, you know? <laughs> it's actually that, like, old, like... What, what's the name of that, like, YouTube? The, like, that website, like, everybody was doing when, like, PewDiePie started becoming big. Like, um... Anyways, yeah, like an AI. Yeah, so, um, anyway. Uh, yeah, so we put episodes up every Wednesdays. Um, yeah, I think that's all the things. So watch the lo-fi stuff. I think we covered everything. Yeah, watch the lo-fi stuff, subscribe. So, you know, I want I want comments saying, like, oh, I got my grandmas to subscribe. Like, yay. So even if they don't know anything don't... about animation, I guess they can start with the podcast and, then like, go from there. Woo. Okay. Don't, don't, don't dig up Gravestock. We don't condone that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, well on that note. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know that. I can speak for KP. You can't speak for me. No, I can't. Olaf's so desperate for friends. He's just like, hey, everyone, like, welcome to my party. And just like a bunch of like dead, dead bodies that he's talking to, you know? No, I just Olaf's miss just... my grandma so much. Olaf's just going around digging up old presidents. Just like. Yay! You gotta find Abe Lincoln. Okay, well, I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll leave on a, on a random fact. So, Abe Lincoln is actually buried in six feet of concrete because people were paranoid that his body was gonna get stolen. So there you go. Oh jeez. <laughs> and one time they, they knew they knew that I would come for him. They just knew it. And one time yeah. someone actually did try to steal Abe Lincoln's body and then they got busted by the CIA though. So, you know, that's a story for another time and may- potentially another podcast, but I'll tell all my death stories, my weird death stories that I know about like maybe during Halloween. I don't know. All right, see you guys next week. Bye. Yeah, thanks Bye. for joining us, guys. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to Animation Communication on YouTube, Spotify, or your favorite podcast provider. We are really hoping this show makes a difference in how people view animation and media, as well as giving and providing advice for people all over the world who like or want to join the animation or media industry. If you liked what you heard, please remember to subscribe and rate those five stars, as well as tell your friends. Don't forget to subscribe to our main YouTube channel, I Love Kim Possible A Lot, and turn those notifications on. My name is Scribbler, and you have been listening to Animation Communication.